Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Minister Nehemiah Ray invades us with a powerful message entitled, Gassed Up. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Um, We're going to be talking about being gassed up. When you think of somebody being gassed up, you think of somebody being overinflated. You think of somebody that's giving somebody a whole bunch of compliments, and they like, their head is boosted up, right? Anybody heard that terminology before? Like, yo, don't gas him up. Don't gas him up, right? He got enough going on. Don't overinflate that person's ego. Well, I want to gas you all up today, but this is not going to be an overinflation at all. This is not just emptiness inside of these balloons. What I'm going to give you all today is more like gas to a vehicle where this is going to fill you up so that you can drive forward, so that you can drive towards your purpose, drive towards your destiny, drive towards how the Lord wants us to live. But it's going to take something. It's going to take something. I'm going to need you all to provide something for me in order for this to go here. And this is going to be faith. Somebody say faith. Faith. Really going to be, this is going to require your faith. Faith is probably one of the most important things within the scripture, right? Because it's impossible to please God without it, right? Anybody in here, you want to please the Lord? Anybody? You know, we don't please the Lord just by coming to church, right? You know, it's good to come to church. It's beautiful. God still loves you just as much if you come to church as the homeless man underneath the bridge. He loves you all the same, right? He loves all of us the same. But one thing that does please him is our faith, is our reliance, our trust, our our dependence on him in him alone is beautiful to the Lord. Most people don't... um, Like me, I don't want somebody to always have to depend on me, right? But the Lord is different. He wants us to depend on him for everything. I mean, every little thing. That's what faith is. It's really a trust in him. Um, But faith is based on what your eyes can see. If you cannot see it, you won't believe it, right? And you have to see it within your mind's eye of where you want to go. Some people have to see it to believe it, but we believe it to see it, right? Like we, be, it's the opposite in the king. The kingdom of God is so opposite. We believe it to see it. Other people have to see it to believe it. We believe, we have faith in the Lord. Let's turn to uh, Matthew 9, verse 29. Faith is based on your eyes and what you can see or can't see. So Matthew 9, let's start at verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house and the blind men came to him, somebody say he came, they came to him. You have to imagine that this was something very interesting, that blind men were following Jesus. They were blind. Right. They had they was probably having sticks trying to listen to where Jesus was, but they were willing to do anything in order to get to Jesus. We have to be those type of people where we're desperate. We're willing to we're we're willing to look foolish in front of people. It had to be foolish. Son of David, have mercy on us. And people probably like, yo, you see this in other scriptures. They like, yo, shut up. Like, stop talking. Don't talk to him. Right. Like, be quiet. But you got to be willing 
you got to be willing to step out on the limb to get the fruit, right? The fruit's only at the end of the limb. And so that's where you have to go get it. But they came to him. They came to Jesus. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Somebody say able. able. How many people believe God is able? Yes. Y'all believe he's able? Yes. He can do all things? Yes. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Sound good. I believe you all do, though. They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your, according to your, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it. They were disobedient, and they had to share with all of the world what Jesus did. They just had to testify, right? Um, the level of access to that anointing was based on their faith, based on their faith. If they believed that Jesus would only open up one eye, that would have happened for them. But they believed that he would open up both eyes, so they were able to see out of both eyes. See, in the spirit world, in the kingdom, the currency of the kingdom is faith. But if you don't have faith to believe for something, you're not going to see it. You have to have faith in it to see it. Your ability to see is what you will see. It's really that simple. Faith, like I said, I'm just going to do the definition again, is trust, confidence, and fidelity. You have to have trust. You have to be confident that the Lord is going to do what he said he's going to do. And you have to have fidelity towards him as well, right? When you say you trust somebody, that is, that is a deep thing to really have full trust in somebody, right? Like some of us, we don't put our trust, our full trust in anybody, right? Like because y'all humans, right? Like y'all going to jack it up, right? I don't have my full faith in any human being, but I have all of my faith in the Lord, right? All, our faith can't be in humans because humans always going to mess it up, right? We're liable to do something wrong. I'm liable to leave here right now and do something wrong, right? However, that's why we don't put our trust in pastors. We don't put our trust in just preachers. We put our trust in the Lord. I find it very interesting that some people fall away from the faith because a pastor did something wrong. Why are you leaving the faith? That means you put your faith in that pastor and instead of the Lord, right? But the Lord is able to keep us as well. And that's the beautiful thing about Jesus Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow. Follow me as I follow Christ, okay? In life, we could put our faith towards a lot of things. We could put our faith towards material things. We could put our faith towards, you know, cars. We could put it towards clothes. We could put our faith towards getting out of debt. We could put our faith towards houses. We could put our faith towards all types of things. I've seen people put their faith towards growing their hair back. I mean, you can put your faith towards anything in life. You know, God is able to still do that too for some of y'all out there, you know. <laughs> according to your faith, it's according to your <laughs> All right, let me get back to it. Oh, my bad. That was not in the notes. Um, 
But seriously, though, I've seen people put their faith towards a lot of things in life. And I remember, uh, I mean, I put my faith towards things as well. You know, when we want a new vehicle, uh, when we want a new house, when we want whatever that we want in life, we put our faith towards it, that the Lord is going to provide that for us. And he comes through. He really does come through. Every time, right? Every time he comes through, you know. And so I remember one time I was believing the Lord to get out of debt. Right. I went to Claflin University, number one HBCU in America, according to Forbes magazine in 1996. (laughs) All right. It was one time, but it's all good. We made the Forbes. Right. Um, But seriously, seriously, um, Claflin was an expensive private school. Right. And so most HBCUs that are private, they're expensive. So I was believing the Lord to get out of debt. And I, I mean, I, I was fully in faith for this. I mean, I'm talking, I built me an altar. I was putting my bills on top of it every morning. I'm praying over it. I'm serious. Like, I'm, I was believing the Lord for this to happen. I, it wasn't even I was believing. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going. It was an assurance. It was like such a, like, confidence that the Lord was going to do that. I didn't know how. I was just hoping that a check came to my door. Like, that's how I was believing. A check's going to come to my door, right? My dad told me, yeah, son, you know, my debt got canceled too. Just one day I called up and they said, you don't owe anything, Mr. Ray. What's going on? I'm like, that's, the, that's what I need. That's what I need right there. It ain't happened like that for me. I'm going to tell you how it did, though. But it wasn't like that. Um, so I went to this group and we praying. And they were asking for prayer requests. And I'm like, you know what? I want you all to pray that I get out of debt, you know? And the girl bust out laughing right when I said that. I mean, literally, right in the middle of the prayer group. I want to get out of that. Ha, 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 that's so stupid. You know, and I'm like, I knew there was the enemy trying to get at me. But it's like, what kind of guy we serve if he can't pay off $40,000 worth of debt? He owns a cattle on a thousand here. What is $40,000? I mean, the money ain't really worth nothing anyway. It's just paper trees. Like, like you telling me that that's too big for God? That means her faith was too small, right? Her faith was too, I don't know why she laughed. It would bother me to the, even when I saw her a couple years ago, I'm like, you the one that was laughing at me, right? <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, though, I got my, I owe no student loans. I owe no student loans, you know? And the Lord provided a stream of income for me where I was able to pay it all off. You know, praise the Lord because he is faithful. He's the one that's faithful. Even when we're unfaithful, he's faithful. That is, a, that is really wild to me that the Lord is that faithful. Even when we mess up, he's still there. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm all for faithfulness, but there are certain things that are, like, too far, right? Like... I'm married. I love my wife. God forbid. I know she wouldn't. I mean, that'd be crazy of her if she ever cheated on me. Right? Like, that's one of those things. It's like, ooh, man. Ooh. Okay. That's a tough one to get over. That's a tough one. We cheat on God all the time with his enemy. It's not just anybody with his enemy. And he accepts us back. What kind of love, what kind of faithfulness is that? That's, that, that is a faithfulness that like, I, I could, under, okay, my wife did that. I, I forgive. I'm ready to let, but with my worst enemy, like that's, that's a slap in the face. Like ain't, ain't no getting back together after that one, bro. Right. <laughs> that's a, you know, you went too far. 
But God accepts us back. He's faithful, man. He loves us. That's for somebody in this room right now, actually. I'm, I'm really just getting that in, my, in, in me right now. You might have went far away from him. It's never too far that he can't reach you. It's not, it's not too far. If God used a serial killer to write two-thirds of the New Testament... Somebody who was murdering people on behalf of God, I'm sure he could forgive you. Don't let that be an excuse. That's what I'm getting right now, too. Don't let that be an excuse to go out there and keep on, well, you know, I've just done so much wrong. That means you need to keep doing wrong? Don't, don't use that excuse. That's a sorry excuse. That's a sorry excuse right there, right? If God could use David and call him one of the best kings, Jesus came from his lineage and he was having sex with other women and killing men for it, I'm sure he can forgive you. I'm sure he can forgive you. We can have faith for a lot of things in life. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> but what we really want to do is put our faith towards spiritual things. That's what I want us to do today. I want us to put our faith towards something spiritual, not just natural. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. Paul was saying this, and I, brethren, could not speak to you, speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So Paul wasn't able to speak to them on a spiritual level, level because he said they were carnal. Let's talk about what does it mean to be carnal. Carnal means the man that is ruled by any other agency other than the spirit of God. If there is something else that has more rule over you than the spirit of God, you're carnal in that area, right? Like if, if money has rule over you, if you, oh man, I'm about to hit somebody's nerve right now. Dang. If you cheating on your taxes for a little bit of money, it's showing a couple things. It's showing that that agency has more rule over you. You have more trust in the government than you do God, which is a double negative because now you trust in this system over our system, right? I'm, some people are looking at me crazy and everything. All right, let's get off of that one. All right, fine. All right. But the thing is this, carnal, anything that has rule, it can even be food. It can even be food. If the Lord is telling you to fast and you're not fasting, it's very difficult. That shows that you're still carnal in that area. We want the spirit of the living God to have rule over every area in our life. Laziness cannot exist. Laziness didn't exist in Jesus. He was disciplined. Prayer all night long, right? After doing miracles all day long. Right? He was disciplined. The spirit had more rule over him than his body. Right? Another thing for carnal is being you're sensual. You're ruled by your five senses. What are our five senses? Sight. Sight. Smell. Taste. Touch. Hearing. That's always the last one I be getting to. Hearing, right? Um, if you're ruled by your five senses, you, you realize like, your spirit isn't part of those five senses. Your spirit doesn't comprehend these five senses. Now, can God, now, who in here, you felt the presence of God before? Like, you have tangibly felt 
the presence of God, right? Like I've, I've felt that before in the present plenty of times, right? This weekend at Connected Freedom, the presence of God was thick. Who was in there? Anybody? Connected Freedom was popping, right? Y'all don't even know about it. All right, we need to make sure. In the fall, y'all will know, right? But the presence of God can come on so thick that it, it, it covers your five senses where the Lord can speak to you, where you can hear, where you can physically feel that tangibility of his presence on your body. But the spirit isn't ruled by five senses. Your spirit has to dominate your five senses. So it doesn't matter what you see, you know that God is still good. It doesn't matter what you hear. Uh, it doesn't matter if somebody's saying, uh, we're going to turn your lights off. You ain't got the money for the bills. I'm not going to buy what I hear. Whose report will you believe? We're going to believe the report of the Lord. That's the report we're going to believe, his report. Verse 2, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there is envy, where there is strife, where there is divisions among you, are you not carnal? It's saying if you have envy in your life, if there's beef with people all the time within you, if you always got this drama going on in your life, carnal. Right? It's showing that you're carnal in that area. The scripture says be at peace with all men. Be at peace with all men. It's saying if you got strife, division, envy among you, it says, are you not carnal? And then this is the part. And behaving like mere men. Yo, Paul just said, if you carnal, you're acting like a mere human being. You're acting just like a human. And it's like, wait a second. Like, wait, I, thought we I thought we were supposed to act like Mere humans, right? Ain't we humans? Right? That's one of the things that really irks me when people say that. Well, you know, I'm only human. I'm, you know, I'm not Jesus. You know, I'm only human. I got to dabble a little bit. I'm on. Who said you're only human? If you're wall-to-wall Holy Ghost on the inside of you, who said you're nothing but human? We're not just human beings. We walk in a divine nature that is way above the human being standard. Now, there's certain things that human beings are always tied down to, just like gravity, right? There's certain things that all humans are tied. When you're born, you're born in a sin. You cannot overcome sin without the Lord. That's just point blank period. You cannot. Like, some people have really strong willpower. Who in here, like, your willpower is just, you really strong willpower, Majority of you all have your hands down, okay? So really, so let me do it the other way. Who in here does not have super strong willpower, right? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the honesty, brother. Thank you. Right? It just means this. You need God's spirit. Right? You need his spirit. You need his power. You need what he has to overcome things in your life. We were born into sin, so our nature, naturally when we're born, is to sin. Nobody had to teach you how to lie. Nobody taught my son how to lie. But one day, he decided to lie. Right? Like, nobody taught him that. But one day, hey, son, did you do that? No. 
boy, I just watched you. Who did you learn that from? Not me. Your mama? No. <laughs> Definitely wasn't her either. So who did you learn? He learned it from his nature. He learned it from Satan himself, from Adam. We're born that way. Nobody had to teach you how to steal. Some of y'all, y'all was just... I mean, y'all was professional thieves, right? Professional. Some of y'all, you know, seriously though, nobody had to teach you how to cheat on the test. You just... I'm sure your mom didn't say, all right, Johnny, come here. Now, when you don't know the answer, you just look over here. No, no. You, are, you do that naturally because that's part of your sin nature, right? You were born from the seed of Adam, but you have to be born again. So I don't go with that whole thing of, well, I was just born this way. You were born, we were all born some type of way. We were all born uh, with some type of problem within us, but have you been born again? Because when that becomes your nature, then it's natural for you to start walking in righteousness. It's natural for you to start doing things according to how Jesus does, because that is now your new nature. We're not just human beings. We're more than just human when you have the spirit of the living God coming in you. Carnal. Or flesh is the way of life that is helplessly subject, that is helplessly subject to the appetites, lusts, and desires of the old man. How many people in this room, like, when you were in the world, you tried to stop doing certain things? Let me be honest, right? Let me be honest with you all. Me personally, I remember I tried several times to stop smoking. I told myself, I told myself one time, and I was so sincere, I promise you. It was, it was in my bed at night, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not doing this no more. I ain't doing it no more. Two days later. <laughs> hey, bro, you trying to hit this? Ah, all right, fine, bro, fine, right? I tried several times on my own to stop doing what I was doing. Several times, my willpower wasn't enough. Until I saw Jesus and I was able to use my faith to what he was at and he was able to free me. I wasn't able to free myself. If you were able to free yourself, you would be free already. If you was able to get yourself out of depression, you wouldn't be depressed anymore. If you were able to get out of that lust problem, you wouldn't be watching porn anymore. But the problem is you have to realize that you are not sufficient in your own being. Look to him, the author and finisher of our faith, and that's where we need to attain to. But it comes through him. It comes through him. Um, Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the spirit, you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this is giving us an opportunity. This is showing us that we don't have to walk in flesh. We don't have to be led by our five senses if we walk in the spirit. But in order to walk in the spirit, you have to be filled with the spirit. And you have to spend time with the spirit. And you have to know the spirit. Yeah, because if you don't know the spirit and you don't spend time with the spirit, how is he going to energize you to walk accordingly? You're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh if majority of your day you're doing fleshly things. 
But if you spend more time in the spirit, the spirit starts to empower you to do other things as well. The spirit of God is stronger than your flesh. However, your spirit needs to rule your flesh. Your spirit has to rule your flesh. There's times where, and maybe I'm a little crazy for this. Y'all may judge me, but sometimes I just make my flesh suffer. Sometimes I just do. It's hot. I turn the AC off. You're just going to sit here and you're just going to sweat for a little bit just to make you uncomfortable. Right? Because I don't want you having no rule over me. Right? Because the more comfortable you get in life, the more comfortable you get, the more comfortable your flesh gets. And the more comfortable your flesh gets, the more comfortable you get with sin. And the more comfortable you get with sin, the more comfortable you is with death. The wages of sin is death. Right? And so I try to make myself uncomfortable. I really do. That don't work all the time. I ain't going to be honest with you. But I try to make myself uncomfortable. So let's read 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. It's impossible to please God without faith. We want faith to walk in the spirit. We need faith to walk in the spirit. You need it. You need it. You have to believe that it's possible to walk. You have to believe that it's possible that you don't have to live a life of sin. If you believe you're always going to be destined and destitute in sin, then you're going to, that's the way that you're going to live. Sin isn't even a thought for me. I'm not trying to be funny or boastful or any. I'm being honest. Sin isn't really a thought. I'm not, I'm not wake. I used to wake up thinking of how to sin. How can I get over on this person? <laughs> how many I'm going to smoke today? Who can I, I, I used to wake up doing that. I don't wake up with that mind anymore. I have the mind of Christ. He's renewed me. He's made me different. He's freed me. He's made me a new human being, a new creation. My old friends don't know me. They know me, but they don't know me. They think it's a total different human because of him, not because of me. I tried on my own, y'all. It didn't change. I want to gas you up a little bit. Second Peter 1, 3. As his divine power has given to us no things that pertain to life and godliness. Is that what y'all Bible say? What y'all reading? NIV? New King James? Oh, it does say, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Yo, this is powerful. His divine power, the, the power that God has, the power that created the universe, the power that raises people from the dead, that divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us everything that we need to live a godly life. He's given us everything that we need to live a godly life. He has fully equipped you to live according to it. But you have to have faith to access this power. You have to have faith to access this thing. Then it says this. Through the knowledge of him. Who's him? Jesus. Through the knowledge of Jesus who called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which have been given to us an 
exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. We can be, God wants us to partake in the same nature that he has. He wants us to walk just like Jesus. He wants us to be, Jesus said that greater things you will do. You will do greater, but you got to tap in and really put your faith towards that, right? It says that partakers in it, but it was by these great and precious promises, What promises? Well, there's promises all throughout the scripture. And this is one of them. But you have to put your faith in order for that promise to have access in your life. You have to believe in that promise to come to pass. His divine power has already been given to us through the knowledge of Jesus. Um, Water is super vital to life. Right. Water is water is essential to life. What makes life uh, earth, planet earth even viable is the fact that it's water on the earth. Right. Our bodies are made up of like 70 to 90 percent water. Right. So water is important. Everybody agree. Anybody you drink water, you drink a lot of water. Some of y'all need to drink more water. Okay. But one of the reasons water is important is because water actually not only hydrate you, but it's supposed to hydrate your cells, your, your red blood cells, your white blood cells, your bone cells. All these cells are supposed to be hydrated by water. Now, how does water get to the cell? Well, it starts in your gut, then it's supposed to go in your bloodstream, and then it's supposed to get to the cells. But from the bloodstream, just follow with me. I'm, I'm nerding out really quickly, all right? Really quickly, just follow me. But from, <laughs> from your bloodstream, there are these things right? Called aquaporin channels. These channels open up and let blood, let the water in to the cells, right? But the only way that the water can get into the cells is based off of two different things, right? Anybody drink room temperature water? Yeah, room temperature water is really good for you, right? Right? It is. It, it is, Clayton, I promise. Right? One of the reasons room temperature water is good for you because it's easier for the water to get into your cells through, through that portal because it's room temperature. Colder water doesn't have as much stuff going on. So anyway, so let me get back. I'm trying to nerd out. I'm tripping. But the other thing that gets water into your cells to hydrate so they work properly is alkalinity or the pH of the water. If it's alkaline, it's going to hydrate your cells faster. If it's room temperature, it's going to hydrate your cells faster. If it's cold, it's not. If it's acidic, it's not. So anybody, you ever drink a whole bunch of water and it's like water in your stomach. You can feel it. You move around. It's right. You could be full of water. This is what I've noticed. You can be full of water but that water isn't getting into your cells. If you have the wrong type of water, it's not gonna hydrate your cells properly, right? Not at the level that it needs to, not at the quickness that it needs to. However, I find the same thing with the Spirit of God. You could be filled with the power of God, but you're not having access to all these different areas in your life. It's not having full access. Why? Because there's two things in the kingdom that living water needs to function. This faith needs to, it, it's through grace 
by faith. It has to be grace and faith. The power of God has to come on you, right? His grace, and you access it through your faith. But if you do not believe it, you will never see it. You have to have the belief that the Lord has made you more than a conqueror. You have to have the belief that you are the head and not the tail. You have to have the belief that you have the mind of Christ. You have to have the belief that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like, you can say the scriptures all you want, but if you don't believe it, if it's not sinking down into your heart and taking root into your life, you'll never see it happen. People talk, I don't be seeing miracles happen today. I don't see people healed. When's the last time you laid your hand on somebody to get healed? Because if you really believed it, you'll be laying your hands on people. If you really believed it, you'll see that person limping and you say, you know, hey, brother, hey, hey, come on over here. I got the answers for you right now. Because when you believe it and you have faith that it's going to happen, you're going to do it. You're going to, why? I think it's really crazy that we got the answer to the world's problem, but we quiet. Everybody's coming out of the closet nowadays. Everybody's coming out. Why not y'all? Why not us? Why not me? Why not you? And, I mean, people is being chickens and all, I identify as a bird, all type of stuff. But you can't identify with Christ? You can't identify with the true and living God? You can't identify with the same DNA that he has on the inside of you? Man, forget all that other identification. I identify with Jesus. That's who I identify with. If we can, if anybody can, y'all can pretend and be whatever, but this ain't pretend. This is real life. His power lives in me. You can lay hands. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I remember one time me and my wife, we went to a Chinese food store, a buffet. I ain't gonna lie, I like Chinese buffets, right? I like Chinese buffets. And we went and the guy was getting out of a car and he really had a leg problem. And I'm like, oh, let's pray for him, babe. Pray for the man in the name. His homeboy was like, bro, hurry up, bro. Like, you could tell that he was annoyed. Like, I'm trying to get in and eat, bro. And you out here praying with these people. He walk in, and he's like, what? What's going on? So he's looking at his homeboy like, yo, like, this actually worked. And he's looking at us like, like, and so he sees us in the buffet line still getting the food. And he's like, like, this is really happening. This really happened where I had pain and I don't have any more pain. But it's a faith that you apply to your life. Because if I didn't have any faith, I'm not about to go pray for somebody I ain't got faith to see that happen. I'm not about to look stupid. I'm not about, but if you know it's going to happen, you go and do it. If you know you can be free from addiction, you're you going to stop. You're going, no, nah, I don't have to smoke. I don't have to drink. I don't have to watch pornography. I'm free from that in the name of Jesus. And you start to walk in that because of your belief. Because of not just any belief, but your belief in God. Wow. We need faith to actually become Bibles. We want to be a Bible, a walking Bible, right? Paul, um, we, we need to read the word for one to know him. 
we read the word to know him. It's not a checklist. It's not, oh, man, you seen my streak? I'm on like 300 days in a row on my verse of the day, right? I mean, that's nice. That's cool. And no shade. If you're a new believer, in it, that's, that's great. You got one verse in for the day, but you need more than one verse. I ain't going to lie. You're going to need more than one verse. You need that word to get inside of you. You need to, and, and it's not a checklist. Amen. The word is supposed to check you, Amen. change you. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh. That was Jesus. God wants his word to become flesh and we move around humans. He wants the word to, he, this is a reality. The Bible isn't just some fairy tale book. This is a real book that really God used to speak to man to write down. And when he did that, it gives power within that when you apply your faith. When you apply your faith to it. This isn't just a historical book that has good stories and, and character uh, traits. No, this is a book of power. This is a book that you can, you can tap into and you can walk like you never walked before. Amen. 2 Corinthians 3.2 says this. You are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of flesh. What this scripture is saying is, he wants us to be walking letters of him. That when somebody opens up that letter, they see Jesus. They see his spirit. When they peek into our lives, they should be able to say, oh man, oh man, like I see the spirit. Man, I didn't know that you used to deal with that, but now you're free from that. I, I didn't know that you could walk at that level. I didn't know that you could live in a dimension where the Lord is speaking to you clearly about other people's problems and letting you know that so that you can let other people. Man, I didn't. How did that? Because when they open up that letter, it should be showing him. I'm going to close with this. We are, to, we are supposed to be walking epistles. Walking epistles epistle isn't a, is a letter the Lord has written a letter of your life he's written it already he has it in his book you know what Jane Jane is supposed to do this 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 oh yeah I see her doing this oh yeah she's called to do this as well oh this as well right and then we're supposed to walk that out. But I think it will be a sad day if we get into the gates before the Lord and he says, yo, I wrote this about you. I wrote that you were supposed to lead these people to Christ. You were supposed to start your own business. You were supposed to write a book. You were supposed to be a minister. You were supposed to do whatever it's called to do. But now I'm looking at what you did and it don't line up for what you were supposed to do. I don't want to stand before the king that day. And he tells me that, man, you were supposed to do all of these things and you didn't do them. I still love you, son. You're welcome to come in, but you didn't achieve what I wrote down in the letter for your life. You writing something different. 
Me, I don't want to stand before the king that day and he says that. I just want to well done my good and faithful servant. You did this, you did that, you did that. Yep, you did that too. Yep, I called this into your life. But the only way that that happens, y'all, I'm serious. The only way that that happens, the only way that that happens is first the spirit of the living God has to live in you. Two, you have to spend time with him to know what that letter is actually saying. God has a plan for all of our lives. Before we were born, he had a plan. Some of you all weren't even supposed to be born, and he had a plan. And you're here today. Is there anybody in here like you're adopted? You may not want to, like, raise your hands about you're adopted. God has a plan for you even throughout that. There's such a special plan for your life. That even his, it was his grace. I don't know about how your adoption parents were or anything like that. But I know that there was such a love that he has for you. That even through your circumstance, that he's able to still cause you to be better. God didn't cause all negative things to happen to us. But he will turn those things around for good. He will turn those things around for good if you let him. Every head bowed and every eyes closed. We are supposed to be walking epistles, walking testaments of Him. What I'm talking about today, living in a divine nature, living above the regular, average standards of most human beings, this is for a believer. Like, you have to be a follower of Christ in order to do this. You can't do this out of willpower. It's only by His power. It's only by His Spirit. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and His name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with Him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with Him, but you've just gotten away you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or 
Text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.